Howdy, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you found us here today. Allison and I have recorded a great episode for you, and we really hope that you enjoy it. We talk about self-worth. We talk about her recent uh, retreat. We talk about me going on the retreat that I went on last weekend. We're recording things all out of order. We also talk about uh, just burnout, right? And then uh, we have a guest today, something we haven't had in quite some time, Lauren Costabile. She has a very Italian name. Uh, she comes on to talk about her work with uh, children with Down syndrome, and uh, she teaches a lot about the surgeries that they need and the work that she is doing. Uh, many of you guys know that Allison Sullivan actually um, Adopted a baby with Down syndrome about five years ago. So it was a cool God providence thing that all three of us were able to come together to talk about that. So we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, hit those subscribe buttons and all the bells and all the things. We appreciate you. Enjoy today's show. Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is Allison Jemima Sullivan. Hello, Allison. Hello, Taylor Schroll. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Um, good. Your house is warm. It's cold outside. Glad to be here with you, enjoying your friendship. I really can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, Stockholm Syndrome? No sketchy drinks. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a lot to talk about today. We're Yay, to good. Start with you. you went to you, you finally went on a retreat. It was called like <gasps> priests, prophets, and I guess we'll let Kings. the women come too. Yeah, no. It was <laughs> pastors, priests, and guides. And yes, it was designed to fill up people who are leading and are probably like have an empty bucket, you know? And it was a really, really great time away. I got to be really reflective. I feel like we live at such a chaotic pace with all these lengthy to-do lists that we're never carving out enough time to sit and really listen to the things that are going on in our lives, the things that are shaping us that we might not even know. So I made some really great discoveries about um, ways that I have gotten off course that I thought were one thing, but were actually another. So it was just a really good time to dive deeper. It was great. Good. Very healing. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. Um, this we were recording this before I go on retreat. So by the time yeah. you're all hear, hearing this, I too have had a wonderful experience of talking to the Lord. <laughs> we're gonna be all healed up, Taylor. It's gonna make for such a boring show. <laughs> well, you're whoa. We're halfway there. You're there. I'm not there yet. Maybe next month we'll be we'll be okay. Um, I want to talk about self worth today. Okay, I love and, it. Uh, I have a question for you that mm. I want you to think about. Okay, what do you think is higher? Your mm. self-worth mm. or the worth or your worth as seen by the people around you? Mm. Um, they're too interconnected to not, I mean, because how I feel about myself is how others are going to perceive me. So how I feel about myself is how I'm going to be received. It's like you teach people how to treat you. Right. And so if I carry myself in a way that says I won't be talked to that way, which this is only this is kind of a little bit of a tangent. It's just it's an example of a bigger thing. But like, I won't be talked to that way. Guess what? People are going to talk to you that way. Except and so for once a month on this except, show. <laughs> except for when I allow Taylor the occasional dig. Um, but I think that those things are inextricably linked. So I'm surprised by your answer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, and for two reasons. One, 
I thought you were going to say, uh, you've come a long way, I think is what is what is happening in my mind, because okay. I thought you were going to say that you probably struggle more and like everyone in your life loves you. <laughs> like, uh, like that's what I thought was going to happen. Right. <laughs> but then also I'm surprised because, um, yeah, I'm just surprised huh? because I think a year ago you would have, you would have said something along the lines of, I care more about what other people think of me than what I think about myself. No, I think you were feeling pretty down on yourself. Oh, and everybody oh, in your oh. life would be like, no, she's incredible. She's yeah. a great mom. She's a great wife. Yeah. She's uh, a great friend. Like all, all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, right? Oh, interesting. So I see. Kind of I see what assumption. you're saying. So right. the retreat worked. <laughs> I tried to tell you. I told you I was I all healed up. <laughs> no, but I really think I don't, I, I want to get back to where you had kind of mapped this to go. But I do want to say that during that time, of really needing um, healthy input when I was not necessarily healthy was really, really valuable. Like there would be things that I would say, even let's just keep it to the show, even in your friendship. Like there would be things that I would say when we're like picking each other's strengths or weaknesses or whatever. And I would say, oh, you know, I can be kind of bad at this. And then you would be like, well, that's only a little true because you bounce back or whatever. You know what I mean? And there were these things that was like where I expected, um, criticism or a dig and then didn't get it. And it's like, we lean on each other. We're so interconnected. So I think it would be, it's a temptation. I think to say, I don't care what other people think about me. How I feel about myself is the only thing that matters. That's not, that's not true either. You know, like we, it all is connected. It's, it, it, it it all meshes together. So those were really valuable times is all I'm saying. Well, not only did you surprise me, you stole my thunder because that's where we were going to oh, end. No, oh, I'm sorry, is <laughs> no, that true? No, I have more. I have more to say. <laughs> Keep it coming. Say it in we'll your say way. It next week. <laughs> no, say it in your way, and then no, um, it's good. It's good. Um, so I, I was thinking about it because it's interesting that you were talking about the the other surprise of what you said was that um, the whole if I portray self worth, it's what I'll receive. I haven't really mm. thought about it that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. But I do portray that, like, I'm pretty confident in myself, uh-huh. right? But people that know me and the person that lives inside of my head, me, yeah. knows, and people that listen to the show, know this, knows that it oscillates back and forth very quickly. Yeah. Where, where I, I'm God's gift to humanity, and I'm a piece of crap, and I'm worth nothing. Right? Yeah. And so my self-worth is often oscillating. Uh, so it's interesting to hear you say, like, the, oh, if, I, if this is what I want to receive, then it is what I have to portray. Yeah. And it was interesting for me because I like I was sick the last like week and a half. Mm-hmm. And anytime I get yeah, sick, I yeah. get down. Right? right. Yes. And there were two moments with too. my precious little baby daughter that, that you love and she loves you. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two moments where I was like, I like I am everything to her. Hmm. Like me, like me and her mom. Right. Yeah. But it's like, especially when the moments it was just me and her, like the way she looked at me, the way we interacted. It's like I am everything to her. So it was weird. That I was feeling like, oh, I'm not worth anything. Yeah. Because maybe things professionally weren't going the way I wanted or personally or physically yeah. weren't going the yeah. way that I wanted. So I was feeling like, oh, I'm I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm not. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I look in her eyes and I'm like, I'm I'm literally everything yeah. to, to, to her, my, my family, my, my wife, my uh, friends and all this kind of stuff. So it was this interesting moment of introspection of like me feeling bad about myself and knowing that's not how the people close to me view me. Yes. You know? So so what you did is you kind of recentered on what's true because you mentioned something and I think that this happens 
a lot. So we have desires, right? Like there, there is a desire. And sometimes that desire feels so far out ahead of us that we're, you know, we're never going to get there. It's this like dry desert. And then other moments we get, we might get like a little splash of it. Like, oh, that's how that feels. This thing that I want. But when that thing that we want, when our contentment is contingent on that thing that we want, when we start to put our hanging out with those Protestant pastors this week. When your contentment is contingent <laughs> on this continent. Alliteration? The, is that all it takes yeah, is some alliteration? Yeah. Sweet. I can do that. Um, but when um, you're, when this thing that is good, because it can even be a good thing. I want to put out a good podcast. I want to, um, I don't know, influence people. Whatever the thing is that is good, when that thing becomes the ultimate thing, it's not a desire anymore. It's an idol, right? And so... Um, I think that our worth can become contingent on, am I doing this thing well enough? And anytime that's the case, it you're like setting yourself up for a life of misery because the there is always moving. You're never going to get there. Right. And so if we could instead kind of take this Paschal mystery of being happy with the actual lives that we are actually living, right. not the one that we're planning right. out here, right. but it's like we have this life, we have this death, we have this new life, right? So the Paschal mystery. But in, in addition to life, death, new life, there's also like the 40 days of getting used to what you've lost and the 40 days of kind of new truths. And then there's the ascension of like letting go. And the, yes, this part is my retreat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, this, this is everyone's favorite Alice. <laughs> I'm just like soaking it in. But the ascension of, People of letting watching go. watching on YouTube notice that I, like, I'm not even at my mic anymore. I just like back yeah, away. Uh, that happens every now and then. It's like, oh, I forgot my notes. Um, but the ascension of like, of, of letting go. And, and so anyways, I just, I think that we can become very miserable people and think that we are worthless if we are basing everything off of um, having a perfect show instead of the look in my daughter's eyes. Yeah, very much so. For me, it was it was like analytics and stuff and like looking at like, okay, we grew last year, but it was slower growth than it was mm-hmm. the previous year. And like, mm-hmm. So I was like stuck in analytics and the, the constantly moving goal, right? Yeah, yeah. It would be like, uh, I, just, I just watched uh, a golf tournament with my dad who was in town this past weekend. It would be like every time you hit, like you hit your you know your uh your tee shot and then they move the yeah the, they move yeah. the, <laughs> the flag right. another hundred because right. that's where where I'm at right so I'm, I'm pretty constantly it's a pretty common theme of like I hit the ball pretty far I hit it further than I did last time yeah. and then for me the flag moves another hundred yeah. yards away yeah and it's like so I never make it in the hole because <laughs> the, the right. flag's constantly moving but being happy with the life that you're actually living. There are so many people that I know that cannot do this, being happy with exactly what they have. Because the truth is with like Paschal Mystery of Life, Death, New Life is that like sometimes we experience greatness and there are splashes of this, you know, um, creating and building and making and growing and learning and whatever. And then other times it all comes apart. And if you could just be content, says Paul, you know, if you could just be content with whatever the situation is, because it's going to circle, circle, circle. It's going to cycle around to come together and then fall apart and then come together and then fall apart. And if you are not changed by the coming apart, if you are not made new by the coming apart and you just like are back to the old stuff, that's miserable. The coming apart has to lead to more love, more life, greater knowing, you know? And so then we can learn to love those times instead of, you know, ask, why do you have me here? 
we can ask, what do you have for me here? I'm going to send you on a retreat the week before. I'm we telling you. Every I... month. <laughs> Go, shoot. <laughs> Get out of here. Send the dollars, people. <laughs> There's more where this came from. Right. Um, so two stories with with Felicity. Uh, it was just it was just moments where I realized that, like, I'm the only person that could have done this. Right. Where it's like. Mm. With a lot of things. There's a lot of people uh, that can make a Catholic podcast. There's a lot of people that so could good. edit. There's a lot of people that could do this. And she was um, losing her first tooth. And it was getting really wiggly. And she was kind of freaking out because it's the first time she's experiencing this. Right. Um, and she would get really scared to start crying when like, I'd be like, okay, let's, let's, try, let's try to pull it out. And she freaked out. Like, this is new for her, scary yeah. for her. She was running away. It was really cool. It was, it was me and Maggie, her older sister. Yeah. Maggie came and was like, oh, daddy's done this for us before. Oh. We've all done it. Like, it's fine. It doesn't really even hurt. But she freaked out. So, like, the whole evening, about once an hour, I would try. I'd be like, and then the first time, I was like, let's, let's try to pull it out. The second time, like an hour later, I, was like, I got a little smarter. And I was like, can I just see it? Can I just touch it? I'm not going to pull it out. Can mm -hmm. I just see it? And I was like, okay, it's like, it was at that point of like where it's almost ready, but not quite ready. Mm -hmm. And then by the time, uh, like it was time for bed, it was loose. Like I could have pulled it out, but she was flipping out. So I was like, okay, no worries. We'll wait till tomorrow. It's going to so be fine. Nice yeah. um, so the next day, uh, she comes home from school and me and Maggie are surrounding Felicity mm -hmm. and we're like, it's time. And she's like, no, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. She was crying, crying. And then, you know, I just talk it to her and I kind of make her laugh. And as she's laughing, I pull it out <laughs> and she doesn't even realize I pulled it out. And I was like, are you ready? Goes, yeah. <laughs> and then I just show it to her. No! And she goes, she's like, oh, we did it, all this stuff. So it was just it was just really sweet that, like, I know her so well. And I know, like, she does cry a lot. And I'm pr pretty often the one that consoles her. Like, we have this connection. It's like there's. I just read the situation very well. Yeah. Right. And it's like, there's nobody that could have done that for, and the way yeah. that she looked at me, she gave me a mm -hmm. big hug. Mm -hmm. It was just a really sweet moment. And it was like, I needed that joy that day. That is so awesome. I love what you said about, there's a lot of people that could do this thing, mm -hmm. but there is only one person that could do this other thing. She loves a lot of people. She loves you. She yeah. loves my parents. Yeah. She loves Sam. Yeah. She wouldn't no. let anybody no. else do that. <laughs> no, that is such a precious reflection. I hope that you take time to write it down. I know that you won't. I did write it down. You did? It's in my that... notes. Okay. We're talking about uh, it now. Well, I suppose it is being, it's in the record books. Okay, fine. Felicity, listen to this one. Put a flag yeah. on this one for Super Felicity. But I, you know, like the velvet, those moments of like where it comes crashing down. If you don't, like where, where we feel worthless, right? If you are not learning anything from those moments, and if you were just going back to old ways, it's like you have to ask the question, why do I keep burning my own house down? You know, like it doesn't do any good. That is a question I ask myself. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Velveteen Rabbit, you know, it's like, okay. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. This is, this is good. It's like, okay. <laughs> Everything came apart, right? Like everything got real tough. Everything, it, I started wondering who the heck I was. I started wondering why these numbers weren't how I wanted them and what's wrong with me that the numbers are even better than they were, whatever. And that would have made me happy. And now it doesn't. What's wrong with me? Whatever. The, the, the places that you go, the dark places that you go. You 
could look at this velveteen rabbit. There's a skin horse. Okay, so there's a skin horse that's been loved. He's an old I'm very toy. Confused. I know. Hold on. There's a. There, it's a playroom. Okay, think Toy Story, but way older. And there's a. There's toys, and the skin horse is like bare, and he's like coming apart at the seams, and he's and the other toys are like that is one ugly horse bra. Okay, but the velveteen rabbit, who's new and pretty learns that the reason that the skin horse looks that way is because it's been so well loved. And so we can look at these moments that might look and feel like hardship. Ow, that hurts or that fur's gone or whatever. And then we can turn it into this was a time that I was loved greatly because the Lord was taking me deeper into knowing him a different way, um, uh, being comforted by him a different way. Um, but that, that's not happening if you're not asking yourself, why do I keep burning my own house down? So you asking yourself, you saying, here's this way that I'm feeling bad. And then having the felicity moment, boom, done. You're the skin horse. I was about to Bald, say, who, who is who in this Coming scenario? apart at the seams. So you're the pretty one, and I'm the one falling apart? <laughs> that's what I heard. That's, that's, what, I heard. Uh, that's what I was like, wait. I, I kept being like, wait, that's me. That's me. That's you. That's me. I didn't, I didn't know who was who. Y'all, because I'm old, I can make references that Taylor does not understand, and it's really great. I did not know the Velveteen Rabbit would be one of them, because I thought that was like lore, like folklore for skin horse all people that's what i learned always skin so horses. i was feeling really good about myself until this moment skin horses <laughs> yeah i am well loved i guess uh <laughs> it was cool the next day uh or it was either later that day or the next day um i was sitting at my computer and working i had my headphones on and i was editing audio and she came and she brought a little chair and sat next to me and then she goes oh and ran off and i'm like that was weird right she came back with these little headphones that she had and just sat next to me while I was editing audio <sighs> with my headphones on. She's just so sweet. And it was just like, you know, like her love and God loving me through her. It was just Amen. It completely like changed the whole course Amen. of everything. For so. as obnoxious as you are, Taylor, you have the most precious children. I really do. You really do. It's true. So I love them. I'm I, I am much more loving to them than I am to my co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I love those kids. I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> um now we're going to finally get to uh, the point you made 15 minutes ago that I mm. was thought we were going to end with. Oh, so, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so the last football game that was played um, okay. was the Bengals and the Chiefs. Excellent did, game. Did, did you, you watch oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think a lot of, I, I know a lot of people watched it, right? <laughs> millions and millions of people watched it. And man, it was, it was an incredible game. I won, I won some good money, so I was happy with hey, the outcome, hey. you know? Uh, but man, as a as an athlete, as a coach, as a person, as just I that the rookie Asai, I think it's I think his first name was jo yeah. Joseph. Yeah, Joseph Asai um, was that I had never heard of him before, and all game I keep hearing the guys uh, the the you know Tony Romo and the the other guy just being yeah. like Joseph Asai, Joseph Asai. Yeah. Oh, he's he's in Mahomes' face. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's made this tackle. Oh, he, I had never heard of him before. Yeah. Because he's a rookie. Yeah. And over and over again, I hear this guy's name. He played a great game, probably the best yeah. defensive, uh, probably the best. He's the defensive player for the Bengals that I heard the most about yeah. all game. Yeah. And then we get to the last couple of seconds mm -hmm. and he commits the penalty. Yeah. That is the, yeah. the reason that yeah. they ended up losing. Yeah. Right. Um, he, he hits Patrick Mahomes while, while Patrick's out of bounds. Yeah. 15 yard penalty. Yeah. They get to kick the game winning field goal. Boom. Game's over. Mm -hmm. And so immediately. Mm -hmm. You see him crying yeah. on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, you just, he puts on his helmet. You to watch like him be fall alone. apart. Yeah. yeah, and 
So there were a, a couple of moments. Um, first, I feel for him because I see him crying. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just can't imagine. Because right. it's like, right. like, I've been the guy that hit the game-winning shot. I've sure. been the guy that's lo- that sure. missed the game-winning yes. shot. I've been the guy who has won the game. I've been the guy who's lost the game. And I liked being in that position like mm-hmm. when I, whenever I was playing sports. Mm-hmm. But never even close to that stage. Yeah. The whole world is watching. Hmm. Uh, it's deciding who goes to the Super Bowl. It's the only game on that day. Like, never even close to that moment, right? So anything that I might have felt times hundreds, thousands, I don't know, right? Um, and then I start seeing his teammates go up to him and console him. And I was like, yeah. that's really nice. And then, but still hard because yeah. everybody's celebrating and he's there crying, yeah. right? And he sits there for 10, 15 minutes. Um, you I'm, can't take it for him. You yeah. know, I mean. It happened. It happened. It happened, right? He knows he made the mistake. It just, it just is. And it, the, the finality of it is what yeah. gets me. It's over. Yeah. He doesn't get to play another down for yeah. six, seven months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's over for there's there was one guy who this is his last year on yeah. his team, yeah. on his defense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was yelling at him in the in the hallway. Mm. Cause this guy just lost his only opportunity to go to the Super Bowl because he's retiring. He's done. Yeah. And because of this rookie, now he doesn't get to go. So he's yelling at him and saying, Why'd you touch the quarterback? Like, why you know? Yeah. So now he's get he he got kind of uh supported by some teammates and berated by others yeah which like in the heat of the moment i could have been any of those people right sure i could have been the one that made the mistake and sure. crying i could have been the one yeah th- th- that's been nice i could have been yeah. the one berating I've well, been and under pressure like that you're reactive right. like there's probably not a whole lot of i get to choose what i'm gonna right yeah i i could see myself naturally being any of those people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i literally thought about you in the final moment Mm. Um, I didn't see it till the next day because mm. after a while we turned it off. We yeah. uh, uh, watched something else, but mm-hmm. uh, we watched a lot of the post games. So we saw all this stuff happen. Mm. The next day, I see uh, you know on Twitter, you know the longest video you could post, two minutes twenty seconds. So I see two minutes and twenty seconds of an interview with Joseph Asai mm. post game, mm. and he's still crying. This yeah. is I don't know thirty forty five an hour after the game, right? Yeah. And he's still struggling, and he's standing there. With, an, they're, I mean, they're, these are big guys. These are, you know, they're defensive linemen. They're huge, right? And he's standing with this guy who I also have never heard of named BJ Hill. Did you see this? You no, see this I have no, I don't know what you're about um, to say. So Joseph Asai is standing there crying. BJ Hill, who's a veteran, is standing right next to him. And Joseph Asai is getting interviewed. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm Joseph Asai, yeah. you're BJ Hill. Yeah. All BJ Hill does is just stand there. And he's, mm-hmm presence yeah he's essentially like don't mess with my teammate yeah right? and they, they keep asking questions and they're like why did you do that and bj hill would say no ask a better question and he stood up for him right <laughs> and then he would say that so that they would ask better questions they would be like okay what was going through your mind after it yeah. happened? did you get hurt on the play yeah um uh did you see the sideline like they started asking questions that yeah. you could actually answer yeah but two or three times bj hill stepped up and said no shut up ask a better question yeah. Do right? better. And he was, he was, he was stand. So he was silent for that two, two minutes and 20 seconds. Once or twice, he said, no, ask a different question. That's all he said. <sighs> he didn't say anything to support him. And, and like, I was like, I started tearing up because yeah. I was like that kind of friendship. Yeah. Cause you know, BJ Hill is hurt by that. Yeah. He just lost his opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, because of Joseph Asai. Yeah. And he's standing there next to him, defending. I got goosebumps now. Me too. Defending him as a younger person, Mm -hmm. um, standing in front of him, not letting him go through 
not me- letting it make it worse, but just standing in the crap yeah. with somebody. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have, like, there's a, there's a handful of yeah. friends that I have like that. Yeah. And you're one of them. And Aww. I was going to thank you and be very nice, but you beat me to it. And you said nice things about <laughs> me 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Look at us. This is might be a show first when we're just like in a contest for compliments. What the heck? You, you called me a skin horse. <laughs> he doesn't know it's a compliment. <laughs> I'm going to feel be, be feeling great later. I'd be like, Chelsea called me a skin horse. <laughs> Getting you a copy of the Velveteen Rabbit. That's what I'm doing. You're going to frame it and read it to sweet Felicity and y'all Sounds are going like to have more I moments. <laughs> oh, gosh. Velveteen Rabbit. Gosh, now that you mention it. Sounds great. Delicious. I mean, incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to eat a skin horse, but I'll have that velveteen rabbit. So anyway, I thought about you. Um, Well, you're not wrong, Taylor. You're not wrong. I'll put up Dukes and tell people to ask a better question all day, every day. Yeah, it was great. So (laughs) anyway, um, I think there's a lot of points about self-worth. We got to more points than I even planned. Yeah, it's really good. You went to your retreat and things are just popping off. So thank you. And don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're going to have a guest. We don't do that anymore. (laughs) We're going to have a guest today. We're going to interview a guest together. We haven't done an interview together in years. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I remember our last one. Yeah. It was great. It was great. It was great. There's there's a reason we don't do guests too much anymore. (laughs) So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be talking to Lauren uh, and it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I know who you're thinking of. We'll be right back. (laughs) My friends, if you've been thinking about joining us for our Italy pilgrimage this summer, then this is my invitation to be like, hey, it's time to make a decision. ForteCatholic.com slash travels where you can find out all of the information of our pilgrimage to Italy in late June, where we're going to be going to Rome, the literal home of Catholicism. We're going to Assisi, which is Father Anthony's favorite place. Father Anthony is coming with us. Liv Harrison and her family are coming with us, and along with a few other listeners. And we would love for you to come and join us uh, as we as we um, pray, as we eat great food, as we drink great, great wine, as we enjoy each other's company. This is our first forever Forte Catholic pilgrimage, and we're really, really looking forward to it. So we hope that you will join us. Check out more information, fortecatholic.com slash travel. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. Come to Rome with us. It's going to be tremendous. We're going to go to Tuscany. We're going to stay in monasteries. We're going to stay in four or five star hotels. We're going to see the the Pope. We're going to see the church that Pope Francis built. It's going to be great. Fortecatholic.com slash travel. Come with us. Welcome back to Put Catholic. I'm still here with Allison Sullivan. And Allison, we're going to talk to a guest. That's not Yay! something that we do often. Lauren, you should feel special. I love it. I know. I wow. need company. <laughs> I need I need good company to deal with all this. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have guests all, all the time, and then we just got tired of it because we just like talking to, to each other, you know, <laughs> very insular. Uh, but yours, you emailed me, uh, and it was a little bit too providential and we're going to to get into why so lauren why don't you uh why don't you tell us what you're doing these days i i knew you from back in the array of hope days when you were singing and a speaker yeah. and all these things but um you've got a, you've got a new mission on your heart and it connects very well with allison and you emailed me the other day and i already had a ske- uh, recording with allison scheduled and i was like hey can we make this work and we did so why don't you tell us what connection that you have to the life of allison <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love this. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. This is great. Um, yeah, so my name's Lauren, and I am the founder of a nonprofit called Hearts of Joy International. 
um, which provides life-saving heart surgery for individuals with Down syndrome, because 50% of them are born with a cardiac defect um, that requires surgery to literally save their lives. And here in America, we have access to medical care, praise God, for the most part. Um, but in developing countries, they don't have that same access. And so we work in countries like Uganda, India, Mexico, the Philippines, um, as well as doing some counseling to women who get the prenatal diagnosis here in America um, of Down syndrome and a heart defect. So, yeah, I've been doing it for almost four years now, and it's just the joy of my heart, um, truly. And these children, yeah, bring so much love and beauty into the world. And I, yeah, I just love being with them and, yeah, doing this. Yeah, so Allison has a pretty deep connection to your work. Yeah, I love that you're, you're so you sent an email um, just explaining yourself to Taylor, and then Taylor's yeah. like, well, Allison's going to be here in 24 hours. What do you say about tomorrow? <laughs> so it all felt pretty divine. I have an eight-year-old who we adopted who has Down syndrome, and he has added so much light to our home. Um so much so that we really can't imagine our family without him, which in its, it feels ironic um, because we lived for a long time without him. And then in those initial stages of adoption and the way that adoption works, um, people would kind of like lovingly sigh, you know, cause it's such a beautiful Ooh. story. Right. And be like, can you even imagine life without him? And I would be like, yes. I can, you know, and now we are, let's see, uh, over five years in and it's, and, and now that answer has changed to no, like this, he is such an integral part of, um, who we are as Sullivan's and, um, Thankfully, luckily, he does not have any heart defects, but it is mm -hmm. something that we have to very closely monitor every year. Sure. That's so beautiful. Now I'm like, I want to meet him and hang out oh, with him. He's, <laughs> yeah, he is such it's a so honey. Awesome. It's interesting. Aww. He, um, We adopted internationally. He was born mm -hmm. in China and mm. um, he was three when I went over there to get him. Actually, he turned three like a couple of weeks before I got there. And as we were just navigating the streets of China, um, people would get very far out of our way. And um, I was sitting at a park and a very kind Chinese lady, um, she was trying to tell me in English that she didn't have. She said, um, your baby is very sick. Like she thought that I didn't know. And so she was trying to explain to me, like, I don't, I think that I know that you're here to adopt a baby and I'm not sure you have all of the information. She felt like she was doing me a favor saying your baby is very sick. And, um, it made it very, um, it, it just kind of enlightened my experience while I was there, um, of what people were experiencing, seeing us together, you know? Um, right. and so anyways, I'm just, I'm grateful to have him here. Um, there are a lot of details about his story that will be his to tell. Um, but you're right that there aren't um, a lot of things available in, in other countries that we probably take for granted here. So I'm so grateful that he's here and has the, a medic the medical attention he needs and deserves. And I'm so, so grateful for how you're taking that uh, expertise and mm -hmm. talent in other places. So it's really, really important. Yeah. And I thank you. I, I can't read what you do and not be heavily invested because when I think of you, uh -oh. I think of Emmanuel. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm, thank you. What a beautiful name. Actually, we have two patients named Emmanuel. I love, <laughs> I love it. Name. That's great. Yeah. No, but from my experience uh, working internationally, it's the fact that there's no um, access to care is because there's a great stigma against uh, these children with disabilities, but in particular Down syndrome because it's physical. So you could see on their face. And so um, they're not viewed as equal members of society. So why would they get access to the same care as you and I? So that's sort right. of the mindset of what we deal with on a daily basis um, through the community, also through the healthcare system that we're constantly fighting for these kids. Um, mm -hmm. Because I'm like, these are the greatest people I've literally ever met in my entire life. Right. So right. when I first was exposed to that was in 2017, when I went to Uganda for the very first time and I saw like with my own eyes, I always say, I cannot unsee it. God showed me and I, I couldn't just come home and go back to my life and pretend like that never happened, especially because right. of my vast experience working with this population. I worked with children with disabilities for years prior. Mm -hmm. um, and it was always very curious to see how they're treated in other parts of the world. It's just always mm -hmm. been curiosity for me. And, you know, I'm Italian. I'm very stubborn. I, <laughs> I couldn't just be like, okay, we'll move on with our lives and pray for these children. And I know that's not for everyone, but God really placed it very sure. deeply on my heart and, and told me this is for you. This is your path yeah. and helping these children and serving in this way. And I say, it's, it's a way I get to love the world. And it's just, yeah, it's been such a blessing. That a girl. I love it. Um, you know, it's interesting. I would, cause I would imagine that education, you know, educating populations is a huge component of, of your work. Like we can yes. fix this, this physical thing, but changing hearts and minds of the communities that they're going to be in is probably pretty important as well. I was thinking about one of the, the things that I've just meditated on and um, really taken to a lot of prayer as um, a parent with um, a kid with a disability is that, you know, we look at these things that we think um, are broken, you know, or we look at these things mm. that we think um, aren't perfect. And I was just thinking about how when the disciples would, would look at Jesus, like sometimes they didn't recognize him, you know, like there's a couple of moments in scripture where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't recognize you there. You know, I don't see you there. I'm thinking of mm. Mary Magdalene at the tomb or the, um, you know, the, the people on the road to Emmaus or whatever. And, um, it's been really touching to me to see divinity in Emmanuel and, and we, and Emmanuel is his name very much on purpose, like God with us. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, just because our society kind of glamorizes, um, this idea of perfection or something, um, you know, shiny and flawless. Um, when I look at him, I see the, the, the beauty and simplicity of God. Yeah. Amen. And I think too, oftentimes in our culture, we, uh, we prejudge people even in the womb, but also once they're born, if they have a disability with, what are you going to do for the mm. world? Mm. I think we do it with humanity, no matter what, disability mm. or not. What What are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish? Yeah. But it's more of the fact that you are, you are created by God and you're mm. here. And so you have a purpose and God has a plan for you. Not what am I going to get from you or right. what job are you going to have? What school are you right. going to go to? What car are you going to drive? None of that matters in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that God created us and we are his children, that, that makes it like us have value. That's, um, and that's so how, awesome. The way that's that we connect our worth. Children. 
Yeah, we connect our worth to our productivity mm. when really we were created just to be delighted in by the Lord. That is right. really, really beautiful. Yeah, mm. that's that's a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Lauren, like hearing you say like, you know, kind of how it started, like how you went to Uganda and you, you saw right. what it was and then it it changed you and it touched you. And I've I've kind of always felt bad because like you before that experience, I've worked in ministry and I you know would speak and do youth ministry and conferences, all that kind of stuff. We had that in common and I mm-hmm. became uh, a father in that time as well. And I remember mm-hmm. like going to the ultrasounds and like being worried, like is like kind of yeah. being scared of like, is my, is there going to be something wrong with my child? Right. Whether it's physical, mental, whatever. Right. And luckily we like, we haven't had any of those issues. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I could never, I like, I know myself, I could not be a good parent to a child with, with uh, disabilities, right. Or special needs. Um, or I could never do ministry with you know, somebody who's special needs. And like, and then it was it was two years after I became a father, I had this opportunity to go back to this camp that I worked at that had a week for special needs children. And they asked me to come help. And I would have said no, but my baby sister and one of the other girls that was in my youth program had a heart for people with special needs. So I was like, well, I have to go now. You know, so so I went and I had a great week. Like I there's all these assumptions of I could never do this or this would be too yeah. hard. Um I, I was I was able to do it and it kind of opened my eyes to be like, okay, maybe this is something I could handle. But my my heart didn't change reach out to them the way that yours did, Lauren. Like I was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I that it was a moment of change, but I didn't then give my life to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So um you mentioned earlier, like kind of that connection, you felt that calling. Like, what was it about your experience in Uganda that made you want to like because you did, you shifted your whole life to doing this. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's funny because I think when people think of the voice of God, it's like this loud, uh, <laughs> very distinct voice. And for me, it wasn't um, It wasn't like that or it wasn't, he didn't reveal to me the whole entire plan. So just to give you a little bit of the backstory, I went and I visited about 10 children in their homes in Uganda. I got in touch with the local Down syndrome group there. And what I saw horrified me because they they kept them in their homes. So that was the first thing that stuck out to me was they're not sharing these children with the community. And everyone was staring at us when we... um, went to even just touch them or shake their hand or give them a hug. It was like, whoa, like don't even touch them. I think some people even think it's contagious or that you can catch this disability. It's just very archaic thinking um, in a lot of these countries. Um, But really for me, it was the last baby that I visited. She was six months old, which is the perfect age to get the heart surgery that Mm. can literally save your life. And I just fell in love with her. I don't know how else to say it. And God literally told me, Lauren, help this one baby. He didn't say start a nonprofit, work in all these countries, do this. So yeah. I just followed that that prompting because that I knew was God. Mm-hmm. And so that brought me on a journey of trying to find this little baby uh, place to get her heart healed. And she had three holes in her heart. And it took me about six months in total um, for this entire experience. And I just put a video up online. I shared her story and I raised about 10 grand in like two Mm -hmm. weeks. So I said, okay, 
yes, that was the voice of God because I can't do that on my own will. Like, no way. Um, I'm not that powerful. Um, but it also was very touching to me because I didn't realize that other people, like God was inviting other people into this. Mm-hmm. Um, because anyone who knows me knows, okay, like working with Down syndrome uh, or in the community is like something for Lauren. That's great for Lauren, but it was so beautiful that God was inviting other people into this to support it, to be a part of the journey, which was really encouraging to me. Okay, keep going. And so I found out that um, she was on the list at the hospital in Uganda to get her heart healed. And then when they found out she had Down syndrome, they removed her. So I learned there, okay, so there's a stigma even within the healthcare system um, of caring for these children. And I thought to myself, okay, well, that's interesting. So like what happens to them? Like who, who helps them? Um, and I kept asking myself all these poignant questions, but kept proceeding with the process. So I emailed every hospital under the sun, every cardiac team, every nonprofit um, in the UK, in Italy, in America, in Australia. And like I said, it took me a course of several months to hear back from anyone. And also you could probably guess this from the, the work that I do, but I absolutely love Mother Teresa, and she's been such a huge intercessor in this ministry uh, just because of the way that she loved the most vulnerable, um, that the world deemed unworthy, that she loved them the way that Christ loved them. And I just am so inspired by that. Um, try to strive to do that every day of my life within this work and just my life in general. And so I was praying a novena to her. and. Um, so I'm I'm just waiting for, you know, someone to give us a hospital or so, some cardiac team so that we can operate on this child. And then I get an email from a man who says, hi, we have an organization. We will accept her um, and also rewind a little bit. But there was an I got word of another child as I was raising the money um, who also needed our help. And so speaking of education, this was the the model that I go off of. Now, I had taught a class to like seven mothers um, about Down syndrome. I explained the physical features, what to look for. If you ever see a child like this, take them to a hospital and get their heart checked. That's the most important thing. And the translator from that class was out in a village and found a baby that had Down syndrome because of what I said in the class. So I was blown away by that. And so she also had two holes in her heart. So we were sort of helping both of them because I had raised enough money for both. And so I get this email one day and it says, we've accepted the girls, um, but we're going to take them to India. And I'm like, India? Okay, Mother Teresa worked in India. Okay, (laughs) this is a sign. So I keep reading the email. And would you believe at the end of the email, meanwhile, this was not a Catholic Maybe it was a Christian organization. I'm even, I don't even know. And it said at the end of the email, I just want to let you know um, the hospital that we're sending you to, the founder of that hospital was an Indian cardiologist named Dr. Devi Shetty. And he was Mother Teresa's personal cardiologist up until the day that she died (laughs) in Calcutta. Wow. I was like, holy cow. Okay, God, you could not make this any more clear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about taking like the next right step. I, mm-hmm. Cause I feel like if you would have heard from the Lord that, Hey, start this nonprofit, you would have been like, I don't, I can't, 
I don't yeah, know I how to do, do that. that. I would have, right. you know, so it's like thy word is a lamp into my feet. Like he's only showing this first little bit to take yes. a couple of steps because if he lit up the whole path, you'd say that's too long. That's too much. <laughs> so I feel like it's such a good encouragement to just lean into holy nudges and just see what God does. Like just do that. And the fact Absolutely. that when you said yes, you got the money enough money for a baby you didn't even know about yet. You're right. I mean, that, 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 that's the sign for me. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> there were so many, yeah. Of there course, were so yeah. many signs and even now continuing, it's just God continues to um, affirm like this is what he wants. I joke mm-hmm. and say like he loves his children more than more than me and more than I love them. He really, truly does. And I love them a lot. So I can't even imagine (laughs) God, the father's love for these children and what we're doing. And um, yeah, it's just been, it's just so clear. It's like you, at some point you can't deny God. Like I would be a fool to say (laughs) no to that. Like he made it so very crystal clear. Um, And so after bringing those two girls to India, I, I said, okay, this, this needs to be a full program because there's more children like them. And it's, it's not their fault that they're born in a country that doesn't understand them or know how to care for them. I want to teach people the knowledge that God's given me um, and show them the beauty and the, and the value of these children. I want to change a culture, not just provide a service. Yeah, I want to change right. people's hearts and minds and awesome. seeing these children as a gift and not a burden. Well said beautiful. So, so here we are four years later, you've been doing this for for four years. And so the the two primary things that you do are finding places to get these surgeries done and educating people. Is that right? Those, those yes. Two so yeah. we have um, partner hospitals that we work in, in all the countries. So India, Uganda, Mexico, the Philippines, um, where we send children based on their location. The goal is to treat them in their own home country, but it's not always possible. And so, um, yeah, we, we provide the the necessary heart surgery, but also equally as important, educating communities, educating healthcare workers, parents. Um, and actually, speaking of Emmanuel, I want to share the story of this little Emmanuel. He was, I think he was two when he got a surgery. He's got to be like six or seven now. And um, his mom is like our shining star mother because she went through the entire program and now... Um, her heart was completely changed and shifted after Emmanuel got a surgery and she went through the education. And now she's calling us constantly. She's recommended probably a handful of other children. And before um, engaging with Hearts of Joy, she kept him in the home as well. But then afterwards, she shares him with the community and she is like the most proud mom. It's the most beautiful thing ever. And she'll bring him to the market and women will come up to her and say, hey, like, what is, what is this? Like my child looks the same and that, that's what we want. That's, we want people to, to not be afraid to share, to share their children because that in turn may help someone else as well. And yeah. They they got two new hearts out of that surgery. Mom and baby. (laughs) Yeah. That's the hope. Um, And we've healed uh, the hearts of 58 children around the world since we first started. My goodness. Thank you so much for the mm. hearty yes that you give. That is really, really beautiful. Hearty of joy. Yes. Hearty. Thank you. Unintended. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It was unintended, but God is good. Yeah. Like that. 
Well, I Lauren, it, it's great. Yeah. It, it, I love I love this coincidence how how it all came yeah. together, and it was yeah, my favorite part of the story was how you were like, "Hey, I'm going to do this work, but other people can get involved from afar." That's me. So Ooh. how how can people who are listening uh, support the work that you're doing? Yeah, thank you. So you can uh, follow us on social media platforms, see what we're doing, keep updated with us. So that's at Hearts of Joy International on Facebook, Instagram, and we just made a TikTok. <laughs> nice. Relentlessly. Um, and so, or reluctantly. Um, but uh, yeah, and then our website, www.heartsofjoyinternational.com. If you feel called to make a donation or get involved, you can email us. We'd love to hear from you if this touched you in any way. And like I said, I, I know why God called me to this, but I'm always blown away and amazed at how he touches others and, and brings others into this um, beautiful work that he's called me too. So it's, it's just really a gift. Yeah. So if you feel inspired, please reach out to us. I'd love to talk with you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so nice you. to meet you, Lauren. You too. Yeah. yeah right. Thank thanks. you for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Allison, for sharing your story. This was fun yeah. for me. I just got to sit back and watch the <laughs> ladies talk. Uh, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, that probably means that you enjoyed it. I don't know why you would stay around for, for a while if you're not enjoying it. Uh, if you could do us a huge favor, especially in Apple Podcasts, which is where most of you listen, if you could leave us five stars and leave a little review. All it has to be is a couple of little sentences. Say like, hey, I like this show. Uh, Taylor always wears nice hats to cover his bald head. Like whatever it is, if you just, just be nice, it would really help us out to help the show continue to grow organically and on its own with the help of you. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, leave a comment. Just any kind of traction, hit the little like button. Any 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 of that interaction helps us out. And do the same for your other creator friends too, right? Leave reviews, uh, like stuff, share stuff. It just really, really helps out me and all other great Catholic creators that are that are creating stuff. So I'd really appreciate it. We haven't got a new review in a while. So if you review the show and it's nice, I will read it on the air very, very soon. Thank you. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Allie. Uh, my family calls me Allie. I only know that because of uh, one of your hidden YouTube channels is Allie. Oh, wow. You, oh. And I've never called Can you Can other that. people see that? Yeah. <laughs> if really? they look. Okay. And, well. Well, they, they wouldn't have known before. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually wanted you to do that for me before. Like some scrubbing. Internet yeah, yeah. scrubbing. I think that's an actual thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I yeah, think there's got, lots we... of home videos on there that are probably pretty. I thought they were private. They're private? No. Gosh. I need assistance. Here I am. Said to be. <laughs> Remember that time that I you gave me access to one of your YouTube channels mm. and I found some of your um, auditions, auditions for yes. stuff? Yes. I was like smoking a cigarette. And then I made a public? Ah! No, I'm just kidding. You, would, you would never. <laughs> I was um, smoking a cigarette in one and you were like. It was like a pencil. <laughs> no, I actually have a real pack and my kids count them to make sure I'm not actually smoking them. I keep them in this drawer. Good. I like that your kids do that. Yeah. That's a very funny thing that they do. <laughs> I find that any character like holding a cigarette, it just, I like a prop when I audition. So I think anyway. Silas is doing this so that one day he can take a cigarette and blame you. Oh, interesting. He's a smart kid. He it's is. that teenager brain. He is. He's wily. He's, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Coyote. Mm-hmm. quick he's actually way more quick-witted than me did you i know you saw his little drawing like directing me where the airpods were 
Yes, did I you? did. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know what it was. I saw the I drawing, know. and you asked him, "Where are your AirPods?" And he sent you back a drawing, and I'm like, yeah. "I think he committed a murder." All right? <laughs> did you do a murder, Silas? I'm laughing because he drew everyone's hair perfectly. Like he gave his friend dreads. He gave himself this little swoopy thing. I'm bald. I'm like, what? so anyways, yeah. Teenagers are funny. They do test your inner gangster, but they're funny. You have to have a sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know how we got it. Oh, yes, cigarettes. Cigarettes in the private drawer with the private auditions that no one should see. So let's get to work scrubbing my internet. Okay. That was the intro to a segment we didn't know we were going to do. Um, let's see. I want to ask you, since you did the ending to our first segment by accident, <laughs> how are we going to close this segment? Ooh. Okay, we are going to close with um, how rules can be too rigid. No. (laughs) We we are going to close with love is a person. We are going to close with my yoke is light. I just want to eat eggs now. I haven't eaten breakfast and I was thinking about how expensive eggs are now. It was very funny. I uh, so two things. What it was very funny. That's not how we're ending the segment. But I literally ended. This is funny that you said both of those things. I literally ended my ministry event last night. It was on divine revelation and scripture and tradition. Mm-hmm. And I literally ended the night by saying that the word is a person. Love is a person. I literally ended that no. way. And then after it was over, we ha- we we do this ministry at a very 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 nice house. Looks like a Spanish villa. It's uh-huh. incredible. Yes, right? I've, I've been there. And I was joking with the owners because I I opened up their fridge to put some so, like the dessert and stuff back. And I saw that they had two dozen eggs. And I was like, most people think that you flaunt your wealth with the house. But now in this economy, you poultry. have two dozen eggs. Lots of poultry that is the sign of that's wealth. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or the sign of a giant family full of teenagers, because that's my situation, too. I have lots of eggs in my fridge, but it is pure necessity, not excessive. I wanted to say excessity. Wouldn't that have been clever? Like, like cross stitch it on a pillow. I don't know. Necessity, excessity. I don't know. You have so much energy today and I don't know what to do. With it. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> We're cross stitching pillows. We're making throw pillows with clever sayings. Alliteration, contingent on contentment, and I, I necessity, not excessity. Mar- Listen, we have merch now, Taylor. Make it happen. I know. The only merch we've ever sold had my face on it. And nobody bought it. And I oh, realized that it was, was the mistake. so cool. Do you remember when you very first showed me that? I closed fist punched you. I do. It was so cool. You closed fist punched me more than most it's people would true. think. It's true. It's true. Mostly sporting events. It's, yeah, it's sports related. Okay, let's start our segment now. <laughs> you guessed incorrectly. Oh, my goodness. What? My phone, Stop. My phone has been, uh, it's been on ah! like... <laughs> We have a transcript of what we've been talking about. That's it's been alarming. it's currently listening to me oh and it doesn't really know me very well. You know what's really funny is when we do this is tripping me out. Yeah. I can tell that I'm not talking correctly because it's still listening to do us. You and know typing it out. That I could probably only do that by accident. If I wanted to do that, I would never be able to figure it out. Here's what we just said. Love is a person. We're going to close with my yoke is light. I just want to eat eggs. I have any <laughs> breakfast and I was thinking about how expensive eggs are. So not to fix what is very funny. That's not how I am in the segment, but I literally ended. Is that how bad we sound? <laughs> no, Siri sucks. <laughs> that was, I don't know how that even, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> That's what I said. I couldn't even 
even try to do that. It would only be. Oh, that was great. I don't even know where my notes are. There they are. This reminds me of going live on accident. I'm terrified of going live on accident. Oh, I saved Liv Harrison's career (laughs) one time when she went live by accident. I called her so many times. (laughs) Answer your phone. Trust me. She's like, what? I was like, turn off your phone. I don't because there's no way she would have been. Anyway. Okay. Um, So. What a segment we're doing. Know, Our is, first segment was is, so holy and so good. And now random. we're like uh, just saying words <laughs> that my phone can't understand. That oh, Siri well, can't even capture. It's so funny because, you know, like whenever we share, uh, a lot of people interact with the show primarily through like our clips and stuff. Yeah. We have, yeah. you know, and we I put captions on them. And mm. it's pretty mm-hmm. funny that like I've noticed that it has a little bit harder time understanding me okay. than it does you, Anthony, live because y'all have more like all american alliteration <laughs> sure <laughs> all american <laughs> alliteration uh i have a little bit of a texas twang so sometimes it mm. it uh it doesn't know what i'm saying okay then we brought Catherine onto the show oh funny you're Boy, having to... does it not know it has zero idea what she's that's saying. hilarious <laughs> you're having to edit a lot of those yes. captions so much work to that's have so funny. she's show. worth it she is um okay let's start our segment now um so uh, a little bit of connection to our our previous seg- segment yeah. it's one of the things it's it's really weird uh it's been a weird feeling that you know most people by this point know that I've been editing Catechism in a Year, yeah. and that it was the number one show in the world for the first week of January. Right, and I, like I had kind of been in a funk, and that was really cool. Like at, my first thought when I saw that was like, "This is insane," and I was like, "I realize that it hasn't set in yet. Mm. That like I have reached the pinnacle of what I can reach, yeah, in my field." Yeah. Because this show is never going to be the number one show. Okay. But I'm, I am currently working on what was the number one thing in the world in my field. Yeah. I can't go any higher. Yeah. And I was real happy about it for a second. Yeah. And then it made me incredibly sad. To crescendo. Like, like it's all downhill from here. I have <laughs> no goal professionally. I've done it. I've accomplished it. That feels great. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to work on anything else now hmm. because it's just pointless. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is intense. Yeah. It was real weird. And everybody's like, how does it feel? I'm like, I don't want to be honest. So I'm yeah. just like, it's awesome. Thank you. But then I was like, I don't know, man. It feels really weird. It, my, like, my drive to continue to work and like my work ethic is pretty good until about January 7th. Yeah. And then I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> man, I did not consider that for you. Like I'm kind Nobody of having has, I'm having a mind blown experience. Everybody right else now. knows that it's a great thing, and I'm the only idiot that's no, like, No, but I this hear hurts. you. I hear you though. I, I you know, I do think that there becomes pressure to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that it's gonna lead to more opportunities, things you can't even guess yet. Um I think that we can like map out these scenarios in our head and then anticipate how they're going to feel. But the truth is our present moment is the only thing we can effectively change. We have no idea what's going to happen out there. And so I think it's important to keep um, in really engaged with that because those opportunities are going to become more frequent. So it's like you're doing one thing that is of that magnitude. 
but maybe the Pope will get a podcast. Maybe Jesus will get a podcast. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's interesting. I know. Yeah. It's really blowing my mind because we talked in the first segment about how I oscillate on like my self-worth and on how I'm feeling most days. And it's a pretty wide pendulum swing. But and I've gone back and forth on this. There are moments where I'm just like, I just like sit in it. I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. Because I think like when I'm in a good place, I'm like a year ago, I would have never, I never thought this was possible. So like talk about like small vision, small thinking. I never thought, never thought that I would work on something that is the number one thing in the world. I never saw it coming. Is it possible that it is right and just that you are not enamored that you are not floating on clouds that you are not all consumed oh, and wrapped up in this i'm just like look at me i'm the best no but i think it's possible that it is good to vacillate between that's really cool and eh, you know <laughs> yeah. like if it were only this thing i think you would be too um that's interesting it's, it's, it's an interesting I insight good. because i think naturally i would go the pride route and <laughs> maybe yeah maybe, I'm, yeah maybe this is a sign of growth and i didn't think about that because here i am thinking that i'm the bad person because right. everybody else assumes We're that i'm so mean to ourselves everybody We're else all... assumes that i'm in a great mood and i'm like oh no kind of sad <laughs> Can I just, this, I like, I want a, a clip of that. This is why we put up with Taylor. This is why we put up with the obnoxious things. It's because he has these really endearing moments where you're like, okay. You just push me to my furthest edge and then pull me right back in again. It's been almost a whole hour and we finally got there. But, uh, that is so, I think it's good. I think that it could be, it should be considered a holy thing, not some lack of character or lack of morality that you are not fully content in that. We shouldn't be fully content in that. We should be fully content with, you know, these really, I heard this um, thing the other day that was like, um, you ask, when you ask kids and teenagers and adults and old, the elderly who they want to spend their time with, a kid is going to say, my family, I want to spend time with my dad. Um, and a teenager is going to say, I want to spend Anyone time. Anyone but my dad. <laughs> yeah, my friends. Yes, exactly. I want to spend time with my friends. And then a, a 30-year-old person is going to, you know, I want to spend time with Father Mike Schmitz or whoever. And then the elderly person is back to, who do you want to spend time with? I want to spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I'm seeing is more maturity than anything else of, it's not this end-all be-all. And you know that. It's a good lesson. That's a good thing. Now I'm confused. <laughs> it's where we like to keep you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor. I don't know what to feel. <laughs> yeah, but that it doesn't. I feel like that goes back to our first segment of you get glimpses of this awesome thing. It kind of splashes in your face as awesome, and then you know that things are gonna fall apart again. And it's comfort with both. It's just being fully present in both of, hey, that was awesome. Hey, this is hard. Hey, that this is going to be awesome again. And then it's going to be hard again. It's like, we are not just all good, awesome people. And the thing is, is that we would think that the antithesis of that or the holier version of that is, oh, we are whatever. When really, no, you're just not that great. You're not that bad. You're just like everybody else, which is a mix of both, you know, and then getting super comfortable with that yeah it's been it's been an interesting experience and it like it has um it has made 
working more difficult mm. because it's like it, it, I hadn't even thought about it until we started talking about it. And like, especially with our conversation, in the first segment, it's like my whole life has been the, you know, our golf analogy from earlier. I hit the ball and then the flag gets further. I hit yeah. the ball. Now it's like I hit a hole in one yeah. super easily. And I'm just, I'm just, and I just keep hitting hole in one. So yeah. now I'm like, well, this is. Having never been an athlete, here's a question from a non-athlete to a competitive athlete. Is there glory in the Tom Brady of, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Oh, yeah, I want to yeah, do yeah. it again. The longevity thing, which is, in- it's interesting that you bring up the longevity thing. Cause I've been thinking a lot about how, um, one of the things that gives me perspective, especially like in the podcasting world is, um, a new show will pop up and it will get very popular mm-hmm. for a little while. Uh-huh. Right. And it'll have a larger audience. Yes. Like, so somebody who is a bigger name, they start a podcast, it'll have a larger yes. audience. Yes. And it'll just crush, crush this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then six months later, yeah. they stop and they're gone. Right. So it's like, there, there are some shows that are so, like Father Mike gets, you know, more downloads in a minute than I've ever gotten in my life. Right. But there are some who, uh, friends of mine, contemporaries, whatever, people that I know that are in a similar place in life and they'll, they'll get, 200,000 downloads in six months and then stop. Yeah. And it's like, well, I've gotten 250, yeah. but it's taken me eight years. Right. But I still have more because of the longevity. Thing, right. Right. Where right. it's like, so it's one of those things where sometimes I get sad by, man, they just did it in a day and they got more yeah. more audience than I've ever had. Right. In a day. Right. But like of all the podcasts that started eight years ago, there's like two left. Yeah. You know, so there is there is something to say about the longevity and, and like keeping your head down and like yeah. that's kind of who I am. But it has been a weird last few weeks, I think, one, because of just the season and it being Christmas yeah. and the Father Mike thing popping off. And like the last two years, I've been like working my butt off for right? sure. Uh, and we're finally to this point where I'm like, I'm I'm tired. Like, yeah. I'm tired of working 50, 60 hour weeks every week for the last two years. And, I'm, and so I was, I was thinking about it uh, the other day. Cause I was, I, one thing that I noticed is that most podcast stuff is due Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. because that's podcasts do better when they get released earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. So like I will work like 12 to 14 hour days, Monday, Tuesday, and then maybe like 10 to 12 on Wednesday. Yeah. And then by Thursday and Friday. Yeah. I have stuff on my plate where I could get done and could get ahead, yeah. but I'm exhausted. Right, right. So what happens the next week? Now I have to catch up. De- I have uh, to work 12-hour right, 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 days, 14-hour right, right, days on right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's this weird cycle, and I'm and I'm aware of it, but I can't get out of it. Because yeah. every week at the beginning of the week, I'm like, okay, if I just push through Monday, Tuesday, totally. Wednesday, yeah. if I could even do a full day's work on Thursday, mm-hmm. I'll be ahead. And next Monday, and every time I get to Thursday, I'm like feeling sick. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm grumpy. Yeah. And I don't have the drive to do it. Right. And it's this cycle that I've noticed. And it's just, it's just been weird. And it might not be sustainable. Yeah. So one of your, your greatest qualities as a worker is your um, perseverance, you know, is your ability to keep going and to not let setbacks define anything, but just be that a setback. Okay. Opportunity to grow. Um, But one of there's a, an influencer I love Casey Davis, but she talks about rewarding your future self and so, or taking care of your future self. And so you do like maybe chores at night so that you can wake up to a more peaceful home mm-hmm. in the morning. And so always kind of thinking about this is, I'm doing this for my future self. Um, 
And I just wonder, like, when I think, uh, we haven't even said the word yet of, like, what we were going to be talking about, but, like, burnout. So a lack of sustainability. Right. Like, that's not sustainable. So when you burn out, um, I think a lot of times burnout happens because we have let a rule. Ah, see, so you're going to sneak the rule thing the in. The rule. <laughs> this rule that you designed, that you made. This rule was designed to make things easier, to make you better, to make you more productive, this rule. And so now you're abiding by this rule. I have to do this rule. Podcasts have to come out in the beginning of the week. Whatever the rule is that's determining these things for you. The problem with the rule is that um, it can become a weapon if it's like not under a greater rule of love and compassion. See, here's the thing about rules is they're not smart enough. A rule isn't smart enough to take care of you. A rule isn't smart enough to adjust. And so it becomes like this weapon that's wearing you down when really, since you were born to do this, his yoke is light. And a yoke is like literally this I'm wooden- so hungry. This- <laughs> Eggs are expensive. Um, this yoke that's like suited for you, it's not suited for, here's the man yoke. Here's the podcaster yoke. No, it's like this yoke is perfectly fitted for you, Taylor, Catholic podcaster, dad to Maggie, Chris and Felicity, husband to Sam. Like this yoke is perfect for you. And so for it to be light, we have to have that greater rule over the rule that's like determining all the chaos or whatever. It's very interesting that you bring up the yoke thing because because we're going to breakfast. Uh, no. Well, yeah, we can. <laughs> okay. <Actually. Okay. laughs> After the interview, which you've already heard. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, we have work to do. I'm like, well, I already heard it. It's very confusing. Time is a you know void. Um, it's very interesting you bring up the yoke thing because I have a solution to this. Oh, okay. And by the time this has come out, the solution is already happened. <gasps> what is it? You you hold on. You made a straw man problem. You like you created this fake no, problem no, no. so that we could it's solve it here in this segment <laughs> because it's been two and a half years of me killing myself. <laughs> it's a very real problem that I finally got a solution to. I bit the bullet. Okay. As of February first, yes, I am no longer the only employee at Forte Catholic. Oh, what? <laughs> what if I don't like him? It, it, too bad <laughs> because he's great for me. His name is Nate. Nate! Uh, Nate has been a... Welcome, um, Nate. I love you. I'm just, I was just kidding. <laughs> he's editing this. <laughs> Nate has, um, he's been a contractor with me for a while. He's been, it was a college student. He just graduated. And uh, we've been working towards this moment for a while. Wow. Where he is going to come and help and take a lot of my editing work so that I can be the president of the organization again. Yay, uh, that's awesome. So I'm really excited. It's good. It is good, but it is also stressful. Okay. Because having another employee means yeah. you have to pay them. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard of this? Yeah. 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 So uh, we currently have enough money to pay me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we need more editing work, which is coming in to be able to sustain his salary and my salary. Uh -huh. I'm taking a pay cut for a while. Okay. But it's going to free up my time to go be the president of the organization, to go do some fundraising, to go get some more events, yeah. to go find some right. more right. ways that we can yes. get income. Yes. So it is great. And it is also a little stressful because okay. okay. we're, we're taking a very big leap. Yeah. You're, and you're leap. leaping without a net and the Lord loves faith. Yeah. So um, if you if if you like this idea and want to support it, forgetcatholic.com slash donate. You can become a, a monthly donor, a monthly sponsor. We are a 
501c3 nonprofit. Yep. So um, if you would now, I used to have five mouths to feed, and now I have another adult mouth to feed. His name is Nate. So if you would like to support us, we would really appreciate it. Fortecatholic.com slash donate. It's all tax deductible. You can give monthly. You can give a one-time thing. Uh, so if you like anything we're doing, if you like anything Allison said today, if you think that I'm a skin horse, you know, fortecatholic.com slash donate to support uh, the work we have going on here so that I don't fall apart yes, over the next couple that's of right. months. That's right. That's right. I love it. I'm so excited for you. I am too. God will provide you. Thanks, Nate. Thank you, Nate. That's our show. I'll be back next week. She'll be back next month. See ya. Thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. We will be back very soon. I think next week is Catherine Whitaker. We're going to have a great show for you then. So hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.